All year round, Frontier Home Products and Design has what you need to make your home comfortable and beautiful. Relax on a new Timber Tech Deck, designed by Frontier's experts. A new fireplace from Frontier Home Products Fireplace Gallery adds warmth and serenity to any home. Beauty and versatility at Frontier Home Products and Design Center, 4213 Peachtree, 5th, next to the Bayfront Highway. Frontier Home Products and Design Center. Discover a new PA contractor number PA039007. Jody Crumpy, director of the Erie City Mission Thrift Stores and Donation Center. When you shop at one of our two thrift stores or drop off items at our donation center, you are providing a meal. You are housing a man in our shelter, helping men and women overcome addiction and giving our inner city youth an opportunity to learn. I want to thank you for making a difference. This is our city, our mission. God bless you. Welcome to TalkEerie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. And we want to welcome uh, here uh, to our studios downtown, uh, Cal Pfeiffer. He is the executive director of the Hagen History Center. Cal, great to see you again, sir. Appreciate it. Great to see you. Thanks for having me on. All righty. So uh, it's been a while since we've gotten caught up with the with the History Center. How has it been going in 2023? Any any? Uh, I know that uh, there's still a lot of um, interest in the Frank Lloyd Wright stuff, right? I mean... There's a lot of interest. We are heading into our uh, our busy summer season. I can't remember when I was on last summer if we had the um, the data from the summer or not. But mm-hmm. when we um, when we compiled it, we found that close to 90% of our visitation was from outside of the Erie region, largely due to the people coming in to see the Frank Lloyd Wright office. So. Uh, absolutely we've become a tourist draw in fact Mother's Day weekend we hosted a tour group from Australia oh wow Uh, that would have been unprecedented before the the office we just didn't have that sort of um, appeal uh, nationally or in that case internationally that's 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 remarkable the um, because when you think about uh, museums it, it could it, it could go either way. It could be either a huge tourist draw or, yeah, it's pretty much for the locals to kind of, you know, feel good about themselves and find out about their history. And you kind of are hitting both uh, both tones there because the upstairs in the new exhibit hall is all about us. You know? It's all about us, and we're trying to strike a balance between um, being that tourist draw and serving um, the, the folks that are coming um, into town, but also the locals and the locals through our events and outreach activities. From the late spring uh, through the end of summer, we have over 25 separate events scheduled. And oh my! A lot of diversity with these events. I'm trying to, you know, if somebody said, "Well, I don't like a, a lecture," well, fine. We have a, a bike tour for those that are active. <laughs> right. I mean, we have everything under the sun for wow. you to be able to access uh, and learn about history in a unique way. 
I saw something about a men's event. Talk, do you do you recall that one there? It, let me see if I can bring it up uh, because it, it sounded like cigars and you know <laughs> men at the museum. That's like next Wednesday from five until eight. So the the backstory with uh, with men's night is uh, it was uh, an event that uh, that was going into its. Uh, Sixth or seventh year now called Women Creating a Legacy. Okay, and it was, uh, um, as the name would suggest, a evening um, for women and you know engaged in you know philanthropy, uh, enjoying the uh, the site. And um, last year, uh, a group of guys. This was before I came on board. So, right. Well, what about the the you know the men's equivalent? Sure. Uh, so this will be year two. We're actually partnered with uh, two of your neighbors here on State Street. Um, Primo Tailoring. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have shoe shining for the guys, and then the new cigar shop that uh, yet to open above the the cashier's house. Yeah. Um, really cool, eerie story with uh, Josh uh, Haberski, the owner. He's chief cigar lobbyist for the whole country he's from erie he's opening the shop so we're going to feature some of his historic uh cigar lines uh, wow. i believe there's a oliver hazard perry cigar and um should be a uh, a great evening this coming week i'm looking forward to it uh, yeah he's you're definitely it's 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 brilliant that you would have the you know the men men at the museum along with the the women creating a legacy, which is happening on the 13th. Again, the same kind of a thing. Um, and uh, all month, there there are different events as well. I'm, I'm looking at this so with meet and greets and, mm-hmm. you know, happy hours and so on. Like, I mean... Uh, well, so this is this is all about this activation kind of strategy for the museum, right? I mean, active, trying to you know be a, a vital part of the the community mm-hmm. and in any way that we we can, and not be the uh, the the sleepy, tired museum that a lot of people think of in a in a stereotype. Like it's just uh, exhibits, um, and that's it. Um, it's it's so much more than that. Talk about, and we've talked to the folks that are like your event coordinators and things. Um, are you still getting a lot of demand for wedding receptions or, you know, rehearsal dinners and some of those special events that the brides love to have at the Watson Curtsy Mansion and so on? We are. We're booked every Saturday from now through uh, September. Um, we are doing every Saturday. Every wow. Saturday. But that is only at um, the History Center. Um, in downtown what a lot of people actually most people um, don't uh, don't realize is our rural site in Girard we mm-hmm. have a 120 acre farm two Victorian farmhouses uh, so we've been doing an enormous amount of work out there this spring uh, we refer to each house by their color the yellow house and the, and the white house term of endearment <laughs> sure yeah um but the yellow house has been getting an inside outside uh renovation um specifically for uh events chandeliers tables mm. it is going to be incredible when we finish it um yesterday evening we planted thousands of sunflowers between the two houses um that uh, God willing, we'll pop in uh, in mid to late August. Uh, we're going to do picnics amongst the uh, the sunflowers. Wow! Um, so it's really trying to do site activation out there, but we want people to remember that site. Uh, it's a great spot for uh, um, rustic weddings and uh, sort of more casual style events than the opulence mm-hmm. of the of the mansion and the the Erie site. This is the Battles Farm, right? Correct. Uh, 
Uh, I'm sure you've seen the the uh, WQLN chronicles about um, Ms. Battle. They there. did such an amazing job. Uh, well, you know, deserve for their Emmy nomination. Mm-hmm. I, I just am, am blown away. I'm not surprised, but I mean, six Emmy nominations yes. for that series. That, that they should be commended. Do you are you surprised at the the renewed interest in history? It, like, I feel like we're at peak history right now. Somebody just made a comment last week. They said, you know, history is becoming one of Erie's best exports. And I <laughs> said, you know, that's, uh, that true. is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, every community across the country, big or small, has history. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there are certain degrees of richness of history. Right. And this region has a heck of a lot of it because it's not one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the different um, military campaigns and wars. You have the manufacturing history. You have the fishing, the water, the maritime aspect. I mean, it is rich and varied, the, you know, the, the lighthouses, the, all the stories that we can tell. I think that's why there are so many heritage organizations mm-hmm. in, our, uh, uh, in our area. Is there is there a um, is there a, a a negative side to it as far as like could we be living too much in our past? Uh, I I because that's kind of the narrative that we're pushing against is is that oh yeah things were amazing when all the when all the foundries were going on 12th Street and you could get fired from one job and you know walk uh, 200 steps and you'd have another job in a heartbeat. Uh, that part of our history no longer exists, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, wishing and hoping that that would come back. Where instead of, hey, what are what are the new ways to make history? How are we able to create our own history in our current time? No, I mean it's a it's a great point. There's uh, you know there's a big difference between bemoaning your uh, your history and what's happened versus celebrating it, learning from it, and yeah. uh, you know and contextualizing. Um, how can we do a course correction from uh, from what's taken in the past? I mean, that was a big focus for that exhibit on the second floor that you mentioned. Um, the story of us was not just showing people from a bygone era. I mean, yes, you're showing them and you're talking about that, but you're showing um, people from today and recent immigrants. And this idea that history is fluid, uh, it is made every single day. I make it, you make it, um, and that and that's the really cool part of it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it, it we, uh, we're excited about some of the events that are coming up in a little bit in, in, uh, in August um, because it is is talking about kind of these people, the, uh, you know, the genealogy of it all. So talk about the, this twin set of... Uh, of uh, events that you guys are working on because they're really remarkable. So, well, thank you. It, it, you know, I just tell people history is, uh, it's, it's stories. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's a collection of stories. And it can, be, it can be very personal or it could be something that you haven't experienced. Um, but if you think about it on a continuum, what is the most personal form of history there is? Um, you and your family, your right. background. That's genealogy. Um, it doesn't get any more close to the best. And that's why I think there's a tremendous interest and passion for it in the country right now. I mean, uh, that's a fact. Look at the growth rate of uh, 
23andMe, uh, a private company, people trying to learn their roots, their DNA profile, where they came from, um, Ancestry.com. So tremendous interest. Um, And then when I was starting last summer, one of the things that was really important to our our board, and, and this was, you know, in the hiring process, they want our museum to be more of a regional entity. Um, it's not just the Frank Lloyd Wright office. They said we want to be, um, yes, connected locally, but uh, let's be a big regional player. Oh. So that sounds great. That's, but that's just a soundbite if you don't, you know, act upon that. So you know, there was an opportunity to partner with American Ancestors, which is sort of the the rebranded name of. Uh, New England Genealogical Society, which is a mouthful to say. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the oldest and largest uh, genealogical society in the world. They have over 400,000 members. Um, th- what they do is absolutely first class. It's on a, on a, on a national level. Um, so I had the opportunity to attend uh, a few of their events. And one of the cool things that they do at their big events, they'll put together a full life um history genealogy for somebody famous so okay. i'm at their annual meeting last year and they put it together for governor charlie baker of uh, massachusetts so he's a you know sitting u.s governor he's at the podium and he's crying he's emotional oh because some of these things he knew he's finding out all kinds of connections things he had no idea uh it was raw and authentic and and super cool to watch um, so American Ancestors is the organization that produces um, the, the show Knowing Your Roots with Henry Louis Gates on, on PBS. Um, so this is sort of a two-part um, uh, event, August 11th, August 12th. So they have separate um, tickets and signups, depending on what somebody's interested in, um, hopefully both. Friday evening is a cocktail reception featuring um, their CEO, uh, Brenton Simons, super dynamic guy, and he's gonna be given a talk about producing Knowing Your Roots and all the work that they do to, to go into the show, how it uh, gets put together. I mean, it's really a team effort to, very similar to these um, you know, national luminaries when they put together the, the genealogy. So that will be, interesting that's more of a social event and then saturday um they're flying in two genealogists um that will be um focusing on a series of uh of classes and programs throughout the day of the westward migration of individuals from uh east to pennsylvania so it's Uh going to have a special pennsylvania focus so this, the, the target market for this whole event is um, not just uh, at Erie, it's uh, their membership within a 300 mile radius wow. uh, in the general public, anybody that's interested. So we fully expect, uh, we hope that this will draw individuals, not just from uh, the three regional cities, uh, but potentially as far as uh, Chicago, Cincinnati. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it, you know, and people forget that this was the West. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 Alleg- the Allegheny Mountains were a formidable barrier. If you were a Yankee and, you know, you were in New Jersey or, you know, Philadelphia, that area, right? It I mean, was the frontier. It was so many people ended up here with the land grants uh, mm-hmm. after the uh, the Revolutionary War. And 
Um, That's and, how you get Federal Hill, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, and then anywhere you know west of here, you were back in New England, uh, you know, the Western Reserve, the Western Reserve of Connecticut. Wow, wow. When we talk about genealogies and families, that that's a big deal here in Erie. We have these very defined neighborhoods. You know, people grow up in the in the Russian uh, area or the Little Italy or a little, you know, the Polish areas around St. Stan's or uh, it, it. I mean, I mean, there's there's a there's a a lot of closeness to the people that came over on the boat to the immigrants. I mean, we're some some sometimes it's less than a hundred years. Um, are are these genealogies able to dig into? foreign records like that yeah so great question because it it relates to what we were talking about with um american ancestors so prior to our um august 11 12 american ancestors event um the erie society for genealogical research which sister organization the ours um and this was by design so it was all in the the same week and teed up together they're doing something uh called a road trip to erie um, and this is for Erie people, but it's for um, the many, many uh, folks that uh, are from Erie that now live out of town. And one of the, the main focuses of their, um, uh, their day is you have genealogy records at all these repositories um, throughout the county. It's not just a one-stop shop. We have a ton um, at our facility. Blasco has a ton. But then you have the church records. You have mm. the small community historical societies like Edinburgh and Northeast, they all have records. So the day was was set up by um, uh, Erie Society for Genealogical Research, the show folks, whether they live here, or whether they live in Miami, right? Um, where these resources are, there's, uh, there's tours, it's, uh, it's a really cool thing, because I think people uh, are interested, but they don't necessarily know where to start. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, somebody who's uh, maybe in, in a retirement age living in Florida. Yeah, I know that I was baptized, uh, you know, at uh, uh, St. George's, but, you know, I've never seen my baptismal, you know, thing. And and that would be a, a really cool deal of finding stuff from the 30s, 40s, 50s and what have you. And m- much, much earlier, obviously. The... Um, when you talk about the the digitizing of all this stuff, mm-hmm. where is all that going these days? Uh, it's an ongoing process. We're actively doing it to put records that are in uh, hard copy and are in our archive uh, online so that they could be um, uh, publicly accessible. Um, Do you have census records or, I mean... I mean, what what kinds of things are in your archives, like to populations and neighborhoods and things? Oh, uh, we have uh, we have census records. We have um, you know tons of um, uh, books. So there was the about four different authors that did biographical sketches um, and the histories of Erie. So that's fascinating because um, when I say biographical, you're thinking, oh, that's just, a, you know, maybe 10 people. No, it's hundreds and hundreds of, of families and individuals. Um, our archive is so voluminous. This isn't just family records. But right. If you stretched it end to end, it would go from downtown Erie out to the Erie Airport and back again. 
So wow. we're doing a class. Uh, it's going to be free to the public this fall. We don't have a date yet, but the uh, the idea for the class is we have all this stuff, but we we're hearing um, feedback from the community. They don't know where to start. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, recently retired. I'm, I'm interested in digging in, but I don't know what you have. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I can access. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting and, and an eye opener for a lot of people how voluminous it really is. I mean, corporate records, corporate papers from companies that no longer exist, um, stock certificates, personal correspondence, letters, um, you know, the photographs, blueprints, um, you know, family Bibles, you wow. name it, we have it. I'm interested too. I mean, you think about World War One, World War Two. You know, they were pulling up people uh, from from each community. You know, the calling up the 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 reserves are calling up the uh, enlisted men. Um, do, does does the military share that kind of data with like an organization like yours? Well, it's it's all uh, publicly available now. Okay, so, you know, in terms of so you uh, can know who was who was called up uh, in 1942 for yep, Erie. Absolutely. Oh yep. my gosh! Ranked military records are all public, and um, where they served, and uh, yep, that's that's all available. That that would that would be an interesting, uh, you know, idea for. Uh, people that remember, hey, I remember when that mm-hmm. when that neighbor of mine or when my brother was called up when he when he was drafted or when he enlisted to avoid the draft, that kind of thing. Anybody that's listening though is you know if they've done genealogy, they're gonna already know this. If they haven't, if you like jigsaw puzzles, you'll like genealogy. <laughs> If you don't, it will drive you nuts. So I'm fascinated with my family history, but yeah. I hate jigsaw puzzles. There is no linear path. I've been at it for probably 15 years now, really? and I'll start it and then put it aside because I just want to bang my head against a wall. It is uh, it's confusing. It can be frustrating, but that's why people love it because it is, it's true detective work. It is fascinating when you think about all of us have a story. All of us have history. And one of the things that I really was excited when I, when I saw the story of us, second floor of the uh, exhibit uh, hall, the new exhibit hall at the Hagen History Center, is the idea of, of making sure that we're covering all of the bases. And so the uh, indigenous people are well represented, African Americans, and, you know, that whole northern migration. You know, the, we talk about bridges. The bridge from Laurel, Mississippi to Erie, Pennsylvania is very real. I can't tell you how many uh, African American friends of mine, you know, have those roots uh, at that one particular town in Mississippi. It's amazing, you know, where the families are. That's incredible, and it's uh, it's really hard when you're uh, trying to tell everybody's history sometimes to mm-hmm. um, come at it from so many different perspectives. Because when I'm, you know, telling history, when you are, it's through our own lens, and you know, to do history the best way, it's that multifaceted uh, approach because we experience it uh, differently, just like we experience every day. Our worlds are, yeah. are different. It, and, and you think about our personal experiences. You were mentioning all the different places where you, you know, you or an ancestor might be identified. And uh, yeah, school rosters. There are so many schools that don't exist. Either they've been torn down or repurposed, right? And so you might have gone to some one-room schoolhouse out on Grub Road, you know, as, as a kid in McCain Township or something. 
and uh, but that probably sitting somewhere in your archives. Oh yeah, we have a lot of school records. And uh, speaking of schools, since the last time I was uh, was on the show, uh, very exciting um, announcement that uh, that we made in the the winter time. Um, we finally um, were formally gifted the uh, collection of Eugene Ibert paintings um, from the city of Erie School District. So Eugene Ibert um, was a art teacher in the city of Erie School District, but became known nationally because outside of Norman Rockwell, nobody did more Saturday evening post covers uh, than Ibert. Um, he had many students um, that went on to their own national fame. So there's this amazing sort of linear line of, you know, Ibert and, uh, and Plofkin and they, um, you know, sort of his disciples, if you will. Uh, so it's an amazing collection. Um, we've been uh, the stewards of it for a long time, but um, we haven't owned it. It's now ours. Um, we need to engage in some conservation work, but a uh, incredibly unique collection that's completely intact that's going to stay here in Erie. Wow. That's the important part. And part of our agreement with the school district, and this was uh, wonderful and their part was access for their students. Yeah. So as part of our agreement with them, every student in the city of Erie school district, K through 12, uh, free access to the museum any day, all day, just by virtue of showing their student ID. That's phenomenal. How how great is that? That's amazing. The um, now let me let me understand what's what you're saying here. Are you saying the actual the actual originals are in your possession? The originals, and you know, because I thought I, we've always seen seen prints, but those you've seen prints from the Saturday Evening Post, right? He yeah. did paintings as well that had nothing to do with the uh, with so the. So have they been covers. in storage somewhere? Or? They've been on display at various times okay. in the mansion, but not in their entirety because it's a voluminous, you know, collection. It's, it's a lot, but they're yeah. they're stunning. They're unique. They they range with the seasons and a a quick little you know backstory as well. We have so many of them that will say a gift of the um, to the city of Erie School District from Consolidated Foods Company. So it was curious, was Consolidated Foods Company an Erie company? It wasn't. It was back in the 60s. It was the largest food company um, in the world. It was headquartered in Chicago, and it is now what Sarah Lee is today. Oh, my. So their founder was a rags-to-riches story, and he became interested in art. So he was collecting everything from you know picassos to but he became an hybrid collector so he started putting hybrids in his various uh, companies and i haven't found the documentation yet but ostensibly um when the company closed or when they changed out the the art they came back to their rightful home in erie pennsylvania unbelievable oh i my understanding was didn't they use some of hybrids uh, art uh, as advertisement too, didn't they focus on an old man and you know they did. And, the, I mean, the monarch uh, brand and um, so it was all you know with this uh, this consolidated uh, food company. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, curtsy. There's a curtsy advertisement, uh, I, I believe that uh, that uses it. So um, it's uh, it's a great collection, and uh, we have some work to do with it, um, but it will be. Uh, um, that the plan, put them on display, let the community enjoy them. 
when when you when you talk about staffing and workforce at the museum there there's quite a bit of that back office stuff that you have to to deal with of uh rest, restoration and cataloging and so on you have you have some very very specific sets of skills uh of the folks that work back there don't you we have a great staff. Uh, we went through a little bit of a, of a transition and did um, uh, some some reorganizing in the winter time. Um, mm-hmm. But it's uh, we the the folks that we have are, are dedicated. They're skilled. Um, they work in tandem with volunteers. Okay. We couldn't do what we do without the volunteers. Um, but yeah, they're always um, uh, you know cataloging and you know trying to do the. Uh, um, the data trace, where something came from, and the um, we're always talking, you know, provenance. Um, it's the uh, museum word for what's the connection. Okay. And that's that's a big thing to us because we're much tighter today than we were. It used to be at you know one point back in the day you could come and say I'm I'm cleaning out my attic and these are some really you know old things and the, you know the museum you know would probably take them yeah now you know it's a very specific deliberate process what's the provenance the Erie County what's the backstory we run it through the system how many do we have we're not going to take duplicates we have a 10,000 square foot building that uh, we're filling up to the brim and when we take something we're um, saying to you as the donor, we're pledging to be a good steward of that. So sure. that means, um, you know, uh, temperature control, the whole nine yards. I mean, I, I would I would imagine that people want to kind of give you some of their antique furniture and things. I mean, that could take up room really quick. And then, and then properly storing it if you're not going to display it. We get offered uh, pianos, you know, oh, quite geez. a bit. We have as, you know, pretty much as many as we can take. I mean, Erie was a, a piano and organ building, you know, place. So if it wasn't built here or there's not some incredibly unique collection mm-hmm. uh, or connection, we simply uh, can't take it. Amazing. The uh, Do you find that some of our heritage organizations kind of work with you or ask for your advice? Because I'm thinking about, you know, the Phil is 100 years old the playhouse is 100 years old. i mean some of our arts organizations uh uh certainly uh you know have stood the test of time we're really benefiting from all of them as well as the historical society do you guys work together quite a bit or yeah we try to as much as possible i mean the the collaboration between us and wqln right now for the chronicles of Mm. uh, very county that we were talking about before they're there on a weekly basis conducting you know research and really utilizing the the archive to be able to tell the story which is great to see absolutely um all right so let's let's give people some direction here on if they want to participate uh, in either of these genealogy programs or even some of the other stuff that's uh, available on the website at, at uh, uh, eriehistory.org. Go ahead, Cal. Yeah, it's super simple. It's uh, just our, our website. Um, the uh, the events section will have everything top to bottom. You might have to you know scroll down. Um, the actual sign-up for American Ancestors is... Uh, um, through their site, but it's hyperlinked through ours. All the information's there um, and easy to get to, and you can always call us um, with any questions. We're, uh, we're open uh, six days a week, um, 10 to 5. It's amazing. What, what, a, what a great um, part of our, uh, of our community and our culture, and it's so cool to see the success of 
of this vision uh, that you all had to see it come to fruition and now reaping the benefits of, boy, this is a regional attraction and, and certainly an international attraction when it comes to the Frank Lloyd Wright stuff because, yeah, the, the, those fanatics can't get enough of it. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're really going, uh, they love to see this stuff. So it's, you're really putting us on the map. Well, we're trying to. We're uh, it's ever evolving. We're uh, working on uh, some additions to outside of the office. Of course, you know what's happening in in Girard. So it's yeah. uh, trying to keep it as uh, as new and fresh and as relevant as we we possibly can. It's uh, we're, we're uh, our constraint is always budget, budget, budget. Sure. And uh, you know, so we work within that uh, oh so tight budget to try to produce the best we can. And. You kept Matt Anthony's bones <laughs> yeah, the pot. pot. The pot is the key. That's the quintessential artifact. We uh, we hosted my former boss uh, two weeks ago from uh, the president of Duquesne University. And yeah. the, the one thing that he knew about Erie's history, he said, I, I want to know where the pots of Matt Anthony <laughs> Wade is. I thought, my God, this, this pot is uh, enduring. It sure is enduring. Cal Piper, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com.